Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're getting set to kick off week 15 in the NFL tonight, kicking off hour two of the Lombardi line here presented by DraftKings. Welcome into the program. Welcome in our DraftKings network audience as well. Alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. Got an interesting game coming up in the AFC West later on tonight. The hmm. Chargers getting... <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I is, love how you use that term. I, yes. <laughs> You know, well, I mean, it's a great Christmas gift, Stormy. It's one of the great stocking stuffer games we could ask for. Why not, right? Is it a lump of coal, though, in the stocking is what I want to know. We, sh- we shall Football's see. Football's never a lump of coal. Football, you know, all these people that are complaining about the game, let's talk in May when there are no games, okay? Let's have that conversation. That's a great example. We would, Just like I said last Thursday, when it when we get into the dog days of summer and all we have to talk about is baseball, we'd have, we would have been killing to have Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky on our TVs. This week, same thing. Aiden O'Connell, uh, uh, Easton Stick, we're ready to go. But before we get into, like, the handicap of the game itself, you made a really interesting comment at, in hour one, we didn't have enough time because we had other segments to really dive into the meaning of what you were saying. And it was about the Raider way. And especially we think when the coaching turnover happened a little, a few weeks ago with Antonio Pierce stepping in, he talked about being that kid from Oakland that wants to reinvigorate the Raider way and bring that back. But who really inside that building knows what the Raider way is? Nobody had that experience under Al Davis. Take us through that. Well, I mean, the Raider way, let's go through some numbers, okay? So since their last Super Bowl, when Tom Flores was the coach, 1983, they beat the Washington Redskins. Remember the Marcus Allen turnaround, run the ball to the end zone game. They are are a team that has a 45% winning percentage. They've gone to the playoffs 14 times. They've hired 18 head coaches over that span. Now, since the last Super Bowl in 2002, they have, they, they have a 37% winning percentage. So for all these people that get up and start talking about the Raider way, the Raider way, the Raider way, you only know the Raiders losing. There's no way you know. You're not as old as I am. You've never seen them win. You've never seen them win. There's a Raider brand. You love the brand. You love the silver and black. You love the pirate. You love the autumn win. You love all the things that come with the brand. You've just never seen winning. Like the model for winning has never been developed in terms of consistency. Now, I don't know whose fault that is. I know this. When we won for the three years that, I, that we won in the 2000, oh, 2001 and two, Rich Gannon was the way. He gave us the way. He was able to allow his personality to take over the team. His competitive spirit got us to the Super Bowl. It couldn't win it for us, but it got us there. And without that, we were never going to get there. And this idea that we'll let the players run the program, no, that's not the NFL today. You can't. The game's too complex. The game's too hard. It's chess on grass. And you've got to make players understand that the game, the margin for victory is so small that if they don't do all the things necessary to win, you'll never win. 
And since Mark Davis succeeded his dad, Al, in 2012, they've had five different head coaches, four different GMs. And you think even in the last two years, just since 2021, they've had four different voices leading the organization, right? Because Gruden gets fired, then you have Bisaccia, then you go ahead and hire McDaniels, and now we're in another interim situation with Antonio Pierce. So it's like even in recent history when there's been opportunity and talent on the field to have more success, there hasn't been a consistent voice to help lead the framework of the program there's been no one saying look we're the Raiders we believe in size and speed we're the Raiders we're going to build offensive and defensive lines we're going to dominate we're going to make this thing sustainable we're the Raiders we don't draft running backs in the first we're going to have speed on the field we're not trading a first round pick for a running a receiver that doesn't run under four three You know, if you would have walked into Alan Davis's office and said, hey, we're going to sign Devontae Adams and it's going to cost us this, he would have said, I love Devontae Adams, great player, but he doesn't fit the Raiders. He's not fast enough. Now, that doesn't make it right, but it would have prevented them from doing something that ended up costing them their jobs. That move really costs McDaniels and, and, and Ziegler their jobs because when you bring a receiver in, and your team's not really good enough. The receiver complains he's not getting the ball. DK Metcalf in Seattle, right? We're seeing that. You complain you're not getting the ball. You paid me why I'm not. You don't have a quarterback who can control it. So that would have been the problem. And there's been no team building going on. Even when Gruden was there, there was no team. They took a guy, the fourth pick overall in the draft, that didn't run a 40. And they light the torch every week for the man that believed in the 40 time. Like how is the, Where is the consistency here? If you're going to honor the, the legacy of the man, and he taught us all about football, he taught us all about game management, he taught us all about what you have to do to win the game, then honor him the right way. But this winning, this tr- winning, this commitment to excellence, this tradition, they're just slogans. Nothing has manifested itself on the field. And the Raider fans out there, they think they've been winning for 40 years. Like, I don't get it. All these young Raider fans act as if this franchise has been winning. Like, I get it in the 80s when I was growing up and in the 70s, they were good, man. They were, that was something you watched. You saw great quarterbacks. You saw Cliff Branch, Kenny Stabler. You saw great players. You saw great games against the Chiefs. You saw dominance. You've seen none of that. You've seen none of that over the last 40 years. And I've been a part of it. I can speak from it. It's not been there. In 1992, I was in a meeting with him. I was working for the Browns. He wanted to change the organization. He wanted to expand, to change it to something new. I didn't hi- he didn't hire me until 99. That's how long it took for that. And then he had no interest in really changing it. It was all just talk. This is what's been going on. This isn't just a fender bender one year. It, and when they hire a coach from the outside, they say he doesn't fit the Raider way. But nobody ever defines the Raider way. Antonio Pierce was five years old when they won their last Super Bowl. He doesn't even remember the game. How does he know the Raider way? So then let's push that forward to today, right? And when Antonio Pierce did take over, they got that instant bump. They won a couple of games. People were having a different level of motivation. That's obviously taken a back seat now, and we're back to reality here. He still, whether right in his mind or not, wants this head coaching job and thinks that he could probably have an opportunity at getting it if they're able to put things together here down the stretch. So I feel like from that standpoint, there's a lot of fight still that remains in this team um, to fight for him. And he, this is obviously something that he really, really wants. Um, They're laying three today coming off of an ugly loss, the lowest scoring indoor game in NFL history last week, a three, nothing shutout loss. Um, Now against the Chargers, an opportunity against a backup quarterback that they're facing, although their backup quarterback, who is starting in Aiden O'Connell, has not been particularly fun to watch. How do you think tonight plays out on the field? I think if O'Connell doesn't start fast and throw the ball effectively, and if he holds the ball and takes six more sacks by Khalil Mack, he's not going to be on the field very long. I mean, look, they signed Garoppolo's the best quarterback on their team. Aiden O'Connell had the best preseason. Garoppolo is the best quarterback. Now, you can hate Garoppolo all you want, and you can say it's a horrible signing and he didn't play well, and I completely agree. Completely agree. But he's playing better than – I mean, anybody's better than Carr right now and, and there. That's how bad it was, right? You got rid of Carr and you, got, you actually didn't get worse. You played pretty much the same. The problem is this team's built the wrong way. The running back – who you were trying to get the ball to in an era where you can't, you, you, you can't live with a running back. 
I mean, I love Josh Jacobs. He's really a good player. You call him the heart and soul of your team, great. But we see it with Austin Eckler. Even as good as the backs are, once they get to a certain age, they just they, they lose gas in the tank. They lose their legs. Josh Jacobs is nowhere near the same player he was last year. Nowhere near. The only guy in the running back that has withstood this father time thing is Henry. And he's on the decline now. Yep. None of them really. I mean, look at Tony Pollard. He's not the same player he was last year after the injury. I mean, we, we make all this talk about, well, you got to pay the running back. No, the reason you don't pay him is what we're seeing right here. We're watching it right in front of our eyes. Well, and we saw Josh Jacobs obviously limping on the sideline last game in the fourth quarter. So he's questionable technically tonight. I don't think he goes. If he does, clearly going to be impaired. Uh, Devontae Adams also been dealing with an illness this week, hasn't practiced. He's questionable today. Um, Offensively up front, they're going to be without Colton Miller, their offensive tackle, and their starting center, Andre James. So a lot of injuries um, on that side of things. Same thing, though, with uh, with the Chargers. We say no Justin Herbert, but also no Keenan Allen. On the back end defensively, no Dean Leonard. And Donald Parham at, Parham at tight end is also questionable there. I wanted to throw one thing at you as it goes to this game. Easton Stick making his first career start. He's been with the organization since he was drafted in 2019. Very limited action. Just played in two games, the most of which was last week when he stepped in for the injured Herbert. When he was at North Dakota State, he was a four-time FCS champion, went 43-9, and made the comment, look, I understand NDSU is not the National Football League, but I'm used to winning. I only know one way. So I do love that confidence out of him. But he was a big mobile quarterback at FCS, Michael. Do you think we could see him run the football in his four seasons at NDSU? Went for over uh, 2,500 yards on the ground and 41 touchdowns. I'm kind of looking at his anytime touchdown, 5-1, to one, over 17 and a half rushing yards. Could you see him letting – you see the coaches letting him get a little bit mobile in this game. You know, I, I definitely think they would. And if Al Davis were alive, he would have mandated to Pat Graham to watch every single North Dakota game, North Dakota State game on on this kid. He would have, what offense are they going to run? See, that's the fundamental question. That's what drove me crazy on Monday night. Is Joe Barry's calling the game as if as if DeVito's playing a normal game. He's not playing a normal game. DeVito wants to run around and he wants to, and the Giants want to run the ball and they want to run a pit rhythm passing game. You got to adjust the game plan to what you expect. And I expect him to run the ball around. I think he has to. I mean, they're not going to make any plays. Josh Palmer comes back great. Okay. You know, Mike Samich, he likes Everett, which is a good play because who else are they going to throw the ball to? But how are they going to generate points? They haven't been able to score points when Herbert's on the field. Can't run the ball, can't really run the ball. And so where are they going to get it? they got to try to come up with some new way that they could do it. And it makes sense to do what the kid can do the best, which is kind of run around, make, yes, run the little single wing, run that North Dakota State offense. We, we usually see no touchdown in a game, like over 100 to 1 for sure. For this game, because both of these teams over the last two weeks have played a no touchdown game, just 25 to 1. Very interesting. Total of this one, 34 and a half. We're going to take a timeout. We're handing out some holiday hardware, though, when we come back. Some gifts this holiday season. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge this college bowl season, the VSEN experts have you covered. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber with our introductory offer of just nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. VSEN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSEN show hosts and guests. Tools like betting splits to let you see where the money and bets are moving for every game. And our College Bowl betting guide where you get picks on each and every bowl game. Don't miss out, though. It's a limited time offer. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. Become part of the Sports Betting Network. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Now, who doesn't love the holiday season, Michael? It's a time for us to give thanks and share experiences with our loved ones. Also, hand out a gift or two, perhaps. Absolutely. So good to gifts. Have you gone shopping? Have you done your shopping, Stormy? Um, I have actually had a good. a nice wrapping session yesterday. Got nice. a lot. Of, I'm 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 a planner. I got a lot of stuff done. But um, but Michael, it's time for us to give out some gifts this holiday season as well to a few folks around the National Football League. I'm yeah. very curious who who you would like to give a present to this holiday season. Well, I think it's important to give out gifts. And what do you give people like NFL owners who have everything? I mean, what, what gift would you give a billionaire? And so let me start off by giving David Tepper the gift of no cell service. I think that could be the best gift that David Tepper could have is to not listen to anybody else other than himself, to turn off his phone to disconnect from the world, to stop reading Twitter, to stop talking to the media people, to just give away his cell phone. The gift of silence is a powerful gift. I think they probably would have gone seeing The Wizard back in the day when they made that movie for the gift of silence to get away with cell phones. It's almost the most important thing he can do. That would be my gift to David Tepper. Oh, Wizard of Oz, please. The gift of no cell phone service. That great. By the way, Shout out our graphics department. That Santa Claus Michael Lombardi is dynamite. I'm oh, a big so fan. Bad. Wow. That's great. I actually considered giving David Tepper a gift myself. I was thinking maybe NFL owners for dummies, getting him a copy of that from Barnes and Noble if we could, just reminding him, hey, it's okay to give football people hands-on to the football. You know what I'm saying? We can all do our little separation here. I love the cell phone service. Very, very creative. The first gift that I will be handing out this holiday season is to the Baltimore Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson. I'm giving him the gift of bubble wrap, Michael. (laughs) We need to protect this man, okay? He's shown flashes of MVP this year. And what has the number one concern been for Lamar Jackson after he signed that big contract this offseason? Health, availability when it matters most. Look back at last year, early December, they're eight and four. Lamar injures his knee. The Ravens end up closing the season one and three their last four games. They're bounced in the wild card round to Cincinnati. Year before that, 2021, eight and three start, fall to eight and four with Jackson in a one-point loss to the Steelers. But, oh, would you look at that early December? Lamar Jackson bone bruises in his ankle against the Browns, misses the final four games of the year. They end the season on a five-game losing streak, miss the playoffs altogether. The record is astounding with Lamar Jackson in the lineup, starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. When Lamar does not start coming into this year, 8-13. and 13. They need this man. Protect him at all costs. Bubble wrap, the packing peanuts, whatever we got to do, we're doing it for Lamar this year. 
Yeah, and then once you know what your seeding is and you bubble wrap him, don't play him in the last two games if you can get away with it. They got <laughs> Miami away. and Pittsburgh. Maybe just take your seeding and go home and keep them healthy. Move on. Move on. All right. What's the next gift that you would like to hand out? Well, again, another billionaire, a man who has everything, a man who's dear, near and dear to my heart. He owns the 76ers, Josh Harris. He also owns the Washington Commanders. I think he should change the name. I think he should get rid of all that. But my gift to Josh Harris is the gift of something that's really important. Besides hot water, a new stadium. <laughs> I mean, when you can't let the players shower in a stadium after a game, then you got to get a new stadium. And so for me, the man who needs something so badly, a new stadium. And look, they've given out Super Bowls, I think, to 2028, where the Rams are getting another Super Bowl. If we build a beautiful stadium in D.C., in our nation's capital, you know, We'll get there'll be Super Bowls down there and it'll be fun. It'll be unbelievable. What a great town to host a Super Bowl. It hosts inaugurations. Why not host a Super Bowl? So my gift to Josh, I don't I can't afford a three billion dollar gift, <laughs> but I would give him the infrastructure and the idea to get a new stadium. Now here's the idea. You hire the right head coach, you'll yeah. get a new stadium. So that's what I was going to follow up with, Michael. A new stadium means nothing if the product on the field isn't very good and you gotta get the right guy. You've got to get the right. You've got to get somebody who people say, I'm on board. You've changed the team, Josh. You've changed the team. I'm with you now. Okay. And you've got to get somebody who could walk into a room and the senators know and the congressmen and all the lobbyists know who the hell he is. Okay, I'm taking a note out of your playbook for this next one. I'll go ownership, too, as well. I'm giving Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick the gift of couples therapy. So I'm not, <laughs> breaking up is hard. Breaking up is hard. Breaking these up two, is, isn't it Neil Sedaka sing that? Breaking <laughs> up is hard to do? And these two have been through a lot together. Six Super Bowls, nine that they've played in, 332 wins in the regular season and playoffs as a head coach for Bill Belichick. They have done a lot, a lot together, had a lot of success. They've also hit some low lows recently. And so this divorce could be getting ugly. We got media getting involved with all these different reports. Worst win percentage in Belichick's 29 seasons as a head coach. Eliminated from playoff contention earlier than ever. So I'm giving them the gift of couples therapy. Help them make this divorce be amicable. Make everybody happy as they walk away. Move on at the end of the season. Whatever it is, have those good conversations, Michael. Um, I really hope that they can get through this on a, on a, and end on a good note after all that they've been through together. I, I think that's a great gift. It's sincere and it's true. It needs to look. I said this on the pod this morning and I've said it many times. This this divorce, if it happens, has to be thought of. Where are we five years from now? Because you're not losing the Super Bowls. You're not losing the winning. These two have combined for a lot of great things together. And if they decide to go in different directions for whatever reason, then it should be done in the nicest, kindest way because it's the legacy's not going away. It's going to be part of the fabric of the franchise. So I, I agree completely. My last gift, again, to another billionaire, Mr. Dean Spanos, who moved his team is a gift of a basically it's a problem solving principle that's called Occam's razor. Okay. And it was developed because sometimes it goes back to a 14th century uh, philosopher and theologian, William of Ockman. And he says the simple, sometimes the most complex problem requires the simplest solution. The most complex problem requires the simplest solution. Last year, had you followed this advice and had you taken this gift, you would have hired Sean Payton and not brought Brendan Staley back. But you didn't. So now you're in a division where you've got to look at Sean Payton twice a year and you've got to go against Andy Reid. Like, if you think you're going to hire Ben Johnson and compete with those guys, good luck. You know, because who knows what the Raiders are going to do. See, this is the Raiders and the Chargers problem. You've you got two guys who are going in the Hall of Fame in the coaching division, and you're going to match them with who? So my gift is whoever the best coach is available, if it happens to be the one in New England or if it happens to be somebody else who gets fired that we're surprised by, use the simplest solution. Use Occam's razor and go get them. You know, Michael, I hadn't really thought of that, that regardless of, of who the Chargers or Raiders do end up hiring, third best coach in the league. Like, I mean, in, in the division, like third best coach in the yeah. division. I mean, you're starting at three. You yeah. can't. Now, if they, hire, if, they hire, if they hire the guy in New England, now you're yeah. in a conversation. Now I'm not saying he's the best, but now you're in a conversation. He's got most more titles than all of them, but now you're in a conversation. 
Well, let's stick in the AFC West, shall we? Because I'm giving Devontae Adams the gift of a one-way ticket out of Vegas. Free Devontae yeah. Adams. I mean, <laughs> he came he came to Vegas to be with his bestie Derek Carr to begin with. Carr gets shipped out after a year. He's left with multiple quarterbacks who can't seem to get him the ball. Or, I mean, he just thinks won't seem to get him the ball. He's unhappy. You already talked about the Raiders side of things and how it's probably a bad decision to bring Devontae Adams over to begin with. So a one-way ticket out of Vegas for Devontae Adams. My gift to you, sir. And I think that might be on Spirit Airlines because I don't think they're going to get something back for them that what they gave up. Can we at least give my boy Southwest? Maybe Southwest. Group one service, but 15 behind. You know, not one through 15. Oh, yeah, we're not getting in business class. Yeah. I mean, to me, and this is not a knock on Devontae. I mean, you know, the the market's not, you got to take on the contract and you got to take on the player. I mean, certainly, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs would love to have them. But could they take the contract? So that's what devalues the player in the market. And that's why he might have to go on Spirit or maybe Southwest or Frontier is the other one. You know, they never run on time. I don't know if you know about them, but they don't run on time ever. Trust me, Michael. I don't know why they put times in there. I fly every single week. I know all about the airlines that are on time and that are off time, and it ain't good for most of them. But I want to hear a couple of my honorable mention gifts that I want to give out. Uh, For the Giants, I would like to also give them the gift of of Christmas past, and they can go (laughs) back and not give Daniel Jones that contract. I think that would probably be a good one. The Dallas Cowboys, I want to give them a vacation. I want to give them a trip to the NFC Championship for the first time since 1996. And I want to give uh, the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers invisible stick them. I think that would be good for them. You know, nobody, it it's them, not in yeah. trouble. It's not illegal. Just a little invisible stick them. Help your boy Patrick Mahomes out a little bit. Do those gifts sound I good? I think that would help. Yeah, it's great. And I'm sure you wrap them brilliantly. You wrap them way better than I Like None of my gifts could come wrapped. They just come in a bag. I'm actually a better rapper when it comes to the music. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay, actually, nobody believes that, unfortunately. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. (laughs) This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Juice Reel is a free betting intelligence app and tool that every better needs. Juice Reel, it'll link your betting accounts into one place, deliver in-depth analytics on your betting history as well. Yet, there's a whole lot more. At Juice Reel, you have access to the betting history of billions of bets placed by all Juice Reel users. It's an in-depth betting analytics app with billions of data points enabling you to tail the winning bets and fade the losers. Juice Reel has also developed an artificial intelligence bot using data from all of the bets, hitting at 60% through more than 100 games. Find out for yourself, though. Download Juice Reel. Juice like orange juice. Real R. E-E-L. Download the free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. It's free. Juice Real Juice R-E-E-L. Back here on the Lombardi line as we welcome in Mike Palm, VP of Operations here at Circa Resort and Casino for the final half an hour. The hardest man, hardest working man here at VEASAN. You have not slept. No. When, when, like, how many hours are we on right now? Well, I got up at uh, 5 a.m. yesterday, so... 24 and another 6.30. We're in 30 and a half. Jeez, and I know you said you just needed some water, too. Were you singing to Justin Timberlake too much last night at Fountain Blue? Well, I thought that was a great show, but Michael, I don't know if you read about it, so we were at the opening for Fountain Blue. So we knew Timberlake was going to perform in their theater, but then they announced there will also be a multi-generational guest performer. So people are saying, well, Post Malone's going to be there on... New Year's, but Post Malone's too young to be called multi-generational. I thought of you, Michael, when they introduced this gentleman. Paul Anka opened for for Justin Timberlake. Of course, Uh, Anka, with all his connections to the Fountain Blue in Miami, and when he was a kid running with the Rat Pack, told some great Frank Sinatra stories, and so that was pretty special. I saw him... at the at, didn't he ring the bell at the the the, the Knights game Nuggets, on Tuesday? Yep. The, the Knights game, yep. yeah. I don't know, ring the bell or whatever they yep. do at night game. The, I don't know, Stormy. The you siren. The siren. The siren. The siren. Yeah. Stormy still remembers. I, I, I didn't know he was living in Vegas. Now, I mean, He's, you I, know, I don't think he is. I think because he said that Sulfur's flew to L.A. to pitch this to him six months ago about this whole opening, and then he's gonna he's now a spokesman for them in in all their properties around the world, but. Uh, uh, and, and he wrote, uh, just for the record, he wrote my way on the flight back from the Fountain Blue in Miami. 
He got he, on the airplane, he had an idea, and then he wrote that song. So the precursor to that part, he, he flew back and he finished it in five days once he got back to New York and then called Sinatra and flew out to Vegas and, and read it to him in the Caesars Palace dressing room. But the precursor to that is he's at the Fountain Blue and Frank calls him and says to come upstairs, he wants to have dinner with him, and Frank proceeds to tell him, and he's sitting there with his young wife, the actress, and he had a minute to think about to remember, Mia Farrow, and mm-hmm. said, I want to, I'm getting out of the business. This is it. One more album and I'm done. I just, I'm done with it. I've had enough. And so that's what the inspiration for my way was. Wow. I did. And then, of course, he, he was retired for what, a year and a half and then came back and yeah. gave us another 20 years. The best. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And, and Anka, you know, and he just, he would constantly kind of get him to, you know, Anka still back in the day was make, he wrote the theme to the Johnny Carson show which I'm sure he talked about too. Yeah. So he was making money every year on the Johnny Carson when the theme song would play to the Tonight Show. And how about this, his song that became the national campaign in the 70s for Kodak, The Times of Your Life, which yeah. I had suggested, Derek, in the original thoughts about our opening, having Paul Anka come sing The Times of Your Life, because that's our, our tagline here, right? The Time of Your Life. But we ended up with the hot dog guy, George Shea. <laughs> that well, it was a, it was an experience. That was an experience. The opening was awesome. But because Derek wanted it to be about us and not the performer. Sure. So I mean, we all will remember that and that introduction and and and, and the showgirls walking you all down. That oh, was yes. it was a and very going, very this, this, amazing I did, night. I, did, I, did this. <laughs> I couldn't see the lights were so bright, but all I could do was just go. Like what this. what did you think of the opening though? I found blue. Great. How was it? I thought it was very nice. They came in at uh, seven, and then from seven to nine. They had, you know, you could walk around to the restaurants and get small plates from each restaurant, right? It's kind of tapas of their meals. And he sat in the, we sat in the lounge Azul, which is a kind of Spanish theme, and they had live music, two different bands. It was nice. Um, very aggressive limits, I mean, for open, opening night. I mean, they had six dice games. Two of them were $500 minimums. Five of them were $100 minimum, and they had $150 game. So it's a very elegant property. We'll see that sort of area of the strip there what kind of foot traffic they can get, right? To support all those stores and restaurants. Mike, didn't they have the fire there? Wasn't there a fire there? Like a couple, like when I think I was in, like just after I had left Vegas, didn't they have a fire? I know they had a flood like a month ago with some, remember that's the bones of this place has been sitting there for for 18 years, right? So they had to sort (laughs) of build there before. What was there before? What was this project that got discontinued several different times and then rebought it and, and, and eventually they acquired it back again and built it. But so this is like an 18 year project from conception to finally opening last night. So it was something. Oh. I'm glad that it's it's finally underway. It's it's awesome. I'm I'm glad that here it's beautiful. I've got to get over there and see what it is. I went to the not the opening, but I went to the Durango the other day. That other new one that opened they up. Really just for the locals. They really have it open. With their location, they can yeah, just open just the go. doors and fill it up. <laughs> well, they're unique because you. I mean, you can tell when it's light outside. I I can't remember the last time I was in a Las Vegas casino where you could tell that the sun was shining oh. during parts of the day. So very bright there. in there. I haven't I, been there yet. I liked it though. Um, but okay, it looked beautiful. It Let, looked beautiful. That Durango looked beautiful. I mean, it, when I would drive by it, it looked great. Let's um let's talk a little Circus Survivor here these okay. last few minutes, though, because it is remarkable that we're down to just 13 people now. Hate it for Polly Howard that he's no longer in the mix, but Adam Burke and as, his partner still in. As I said, he put $9 million on the line on the right arm of Jordan Love and the, and the special teams coaching ability uh, of Michael's favorite favorite guy there in, in Lafleur. So, I mean, yeah. the, the, the critical play of the game is the idiotic muff the punt, recover it, then try to run with it. That changed yeah. the whole game. They were up 10-7, getting the ball back and good. Now, now DeVito breaks a 26-yard run, and now the whole game changes because now the Giants have control. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, 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 and they, and all the things they did wrong, they still, they teased Pauly enough to where they think they had a chance to win it, right? Well, you, you thought it was I mean, destiny. They, they, yeah. Yeah, Barkley I mean, fumbles without being touched. What was he? What was he? What was Paulie considering besides the Green Bay Packers? Baltimore. Ouch. Which, which, but, but I mean, even still, that one comes down to a seventy-six yard punt return touchdown. So it's not like that was a no sweat day for anybody. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a no sweat day. But you know, I mean, the the best play turned out to be New Orleans was the most convincing winner of all, right? And that's sort of an anti-Carolina. I want to frame this as a question for you because seven people have the Rams left out of 13, Michael. Seven can use them as a seven and a half point favorite against the commanders. I'm assuming all seven will. 
Here's the question to me. I'm trying to isolate an either or here. There are five people that have New Orleans left that didn't use them last week. Five people that have New Orleans facing Tommy DeVito and the four-game winning streak. Or all five of those have Atlanta at Carolina. If you were one of those five people with $9 million on the line, are you taking the Saints or are you taking the Falcons in Survivor? I would take, I would take the Saints. Because when you go back through the first game, when you go through the first game of the year, and this is scary, right? This is scary. Atlanta had 13 first downs in the game. Atlanta had 221 yards. They're playing at home. They're playing at home. And Atlanta was 2 for 10 on third down in the game. Atlanta had to run the ball for 130 yards to win the game. Now, they won the game convincingly because the turnovers happened, three turnovers. But I would be scared to death that this will be a defensive struggle and you'll, you'll win by, you could lose by three points. Whereas I'm scared to death of Dennis Allen and the Saints and, and, and all the conversation. But last week they played so poorly that even though they won, that score was deceiving. And I think it gives Dennis Allen a chance with this Tommy DeVito mania to focus his team. Because trust me, the Saint players are tired of hearing about Tommy DeVito. They're tired of hearing about the Giants. I find this really interesting, and I'll throw it back to you as a betting expert. How are the Giants, with all this fanfare, staying a six-point favorite, a dog, to a, when the Panthers were a six-point dog to open up, and they moved to five-and-a-half to five? Yeah. Well, this line moved the other way, right? It was down to four-and-a-half, now five. Now it's running in the Saints' favor. I think the handicap here is DeVito and the Dome. And they're going to say, well, the Saints are 6-7. and seven. Yeah, but they're tied for first in their division, playing for a division okay. title. I still think it'll be a good atmosphere. I know he played in the Carrier Dome. I don't think it's the same <laughs> as playing a game with, against a team tied for the division in the Saints. So I, I think you have to, on, when it's a tough choice like this, err on the side of the home team. Yeah. <laughs> are the Panthers going to end up a one-win team no, this year? No, they're going to win a game somewhere. Somewhere That's what I'm gonna... worried about. And, and this is the perfect team to do it. Yeah. You can't trust. I'm just telling you, I watched that Falcon game. They should have beaten the Bucks. I was on the Bucks last week. They should have won. Just like I thought the Panthers would upset the Saints, and they should have. If you go back and watch that game, it, the score is so disle- misleading. I yeah. mean, the Panthers were one for seven on fourth down in the game. I don't know why they decided to go for it seven times. They could have taken points. They had the ball first and go with the one-inch line and end up kicking a 30-yard field goal. New Orleans scores two 14 points when the game was already done. They just needed two first downs to win the game. They get a 50-yard play, and then the, the Carolina goes you know, fourth and eight from their own 25, and they score again. I mean, there's a it take 14 points away is more like the real final score. Um, exactly. <laughs> that poor Carolina Panthers defense. They're trying their best out there. The they're offense t- they're, not they're helping they're them the out at all. They're in the top 10 in almost every statistical category. Yep, unbelievable. <laughs> they're often just hanging those poor guys out to dry. We're going to step aside. Palms <laughs> pressing three when we come back here on the Lombardi line. Stay with us. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my day. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN. That's V-S-I-N, DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. We're wrapping up this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. Mike Palm in studio, VP of Operations here at Circa Resort and Casino, where we're broadcasting from, where it is time for drumroll... Palms pressing three. Let's do it. All right, Michael. Uh, in Arrowhead on Sunday, we had a rematch yes. 23 months removed from the 13 seconds game, I call it, between the Chiefs and the Bills. Again, the Bills are in the lead, a minute 20 to go. Second and 10 from the Bills, 49. The Chiefs run a beautiful play, actually. Hits Kelsey for 25 yards, and then Kelsey sprints left and hits Tony on a line on a lateral, and he sprints to the end zone. Obviously, we know the call. Offensive offsides. Tony's a full yard uh, lined up over the ball. The reaction of Mahomes and Andy Reid to this I found to be despicable. Mahomes standing there shouting profanities at the official. His interaction with Josh Allen at midfield. Andy Reid saying this is an embarrassing moment for the NFL. Are the reactions of those two gentlemen, Mahomes and Andy Reid, indicative of a bigger problem inside of this burgeoning dynasty that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I think it was a lot of frustration because I don't see how Andy Reid could have said what he said. Andy Reid's usually not that way. And Mahomes later apologized. We had on the Daily Coach, we have a community where we do a bunch of phone calls. And this week we were fortunate to get Pat Lynchoni, the author of 13 books, come in and talk to our group. And we asked Pat this question as a leadership expert and as a management consultant, Pat wrote the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And, and Pat at, honestly said, he said, Mahomes will come back and apologize because this was more emotional about other things than the call. And he was right. And I agree with him. And I agree with you. I think there's frustration with they're so used to being able to turn on the car and have it go 100 miles an hour that they don't understand why they're going 40. And it's frustrating to them, and they're working hard at it. The line that drove me crazy is when Mahomes said after the game, you know, everybody on this team, we work so hard, we do everything. Every other team does the same thing. They're not entitled to any advantages. I mean, you get an advantage because your right tackle is lined up in the backfield. I put a tweet out the other day where Chris Jones is offsides. They don't call that. If you go look, Mike, at the play they called offsides on, the right tackles in the backfield. I was talking to a coach in the league, and they said they've accepted that the Chiefs are going to be in a legal formation at least 10 to 12 times a game. Well, and what made it funnier to me was that Patrick Mahomes at the end of the game when he is talking to the media, he says, you know, it's another one of those games where we're talking about officials. That's not what we want for the game. When ultimately the call was right. Like, that's the thing is I understand like the week prior, like it's a blatant P.I. call. That was that was rough. They missed four straight calls in that game both ways. But four straight calls Brad Allen's crew missed The, the late the hit out of bounds when he's fully in bounds right at the sticks. Now, you can say they're supposed to let him play. But he's on his back with the ball in his stomach. That that gets Pacheco ejected because of the run-up with the whole thing. The, the P.I., which was ridiculous, he climbed his whole back. And then stopping the clock when forward progress was stopped in bounds and took three steps backwards right in front of him. Yep. They screwed up four straight calls. Discussing that would have been more appropriate than this call, yeah. which they had exactly. no leg to stand on. 
Which I do appreciate exactly. again, though, that like you said, Michael, that he did come out and he walked it back a little bit, said that wasn't the right way to respond. OK, question two. Michael, if you were conciliary to Virginia McCaskey, what advice would you give her about how to handle this offseason for the Bears? Their recent resurgence, I think, makes things a little stickier than we might have thought. I don't think it does. I think, to me, you got to give Iberflus credit for the job that he's done in terms of holding the team together. And so if you feel compelled and probably should to run this back another year with Iberflus and Poles, agreed. But we should continue to talk up fields as much as we can. We should continue to highlight fields because it isn't whether we want to keep fields or we don't. The question really is, do we want to pay fields $40 million or not? And the answer to that is no. Same problem in Miami. You love Tua now because he's on a rookie deal. You ready to pay Tua $50 million a year? Are you? You ready to pay Fields $40 million a year? Because these guys aren't going for cheap now. They're not going to go for nothing. I mean, we saw Daniel Jones get $40 million. Why shouldn't Justin Fields get 40 We saw Daniel Jones get 40 Why shouldn't Tua get 50 So are you going to pay him $50 million a year and know what you're getting? Of course you're not. Why not take a rookie contract? But you could get something for Fields. There's enough teams out there that could see the positives in Fields and overlook the negatives. So for me, if I were advising Virginia McCaskey, I would say, okay, I think Eberflus deserves credit for what he's been able to keep the team together. You know, do I want these guys making the decision on the quarterback of the future? That's the one we got to really talk about. But we're going to have to get a quarterback of the future. Who's done a better coaching job on the turnaround, Peyton or Eberflus? I think Peyton has done a better job because the one thing about Peyton is he took a team that was 0-3 and with a quarterback that was let Russ cook that had this huge persona and flipped the narrative, only letting him throw the ball. He's thrown the ball, Mike, for the lowest amount in his career yards per game at 200. He's actually run for the third most first downs after 13 weeks than he did in his entire career. 47 was the most first downs he ran for in his career. He's got 31 right now. 37 is the second most. He'll beat that. So he's gotten him to run, and he's played complementary football. I think Eberflus has done a really good job, but the expectations are lower. And he's been able to keep it together. My concern with the Eberflus of it all, and I do think it's great that especially defensively what they've been able to do here late in the season, turn things around. But like if things continue to be bad next year, then you have a rookie quarterback coming in and another yeah. potential coaching turnover. That's not a recipe for success for a young guy either. No, that's the concern. And that's what I said. The real issue is do we want these guys picking the quarterback yeah. and do we want these guys coaching the quarterback? See, that's the problem. Are you better off? And Kevin Warren's going to have the huge say in this because he's going to want to basically control them. I mean, he wants to bring in his guys, let's face it. And so we'll see. But I think what Eber, I got you got to give credit where credit is due. He's held it together. I still don't think the sweat, people say, you know, I get all these great things from Twitter. You're dumb. Look how good sweat is. <laughs> Everybody misses the point on the sweat deal. You could have had sweat for nothing if you're going to pay him this ridiculous contract. All right, Michael, and if this question is unfair, you can tell me, and, and I'll go on to something else. But which quarterback in this next draft, this coming spring, will have the best pro career? Right now, I'm not really equipped to answer it, but I will say this. I think Drake May has a pro game. Here's what I have really, really focused on this year in terms of evaluation of quarterbacks is, are they likable? Does the team get along with them? Do they handle success well? Are they identifiable? Do they have a commonality with their teammates? I think that's really important. We saw it with Josh Dobbs. We see it with Tommy DeVito. Neither player are good enough, but the team believes it. We see it in Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett. I mean, Ben saying that the offense, that the Steelers are soft, I think is completely mis misrepresented. The Steelers aren't soft. They're not losing because they're soft. They're losing because Pickett's not good enough. And the reason they keep going down the Pickett road is because the team likes Pickett. They haven't quit on Pickett. Whereas in New Orleans, the team doesn't really like Carr. They're not, they're not sold on because nobody likes Carr. They think Carr's kind of, they finally have come out and said it. They think Carr's not quite the leader that they thought he was going to be. 
So I think really understanding the character of the quarterback is so important. Is he an entitled guy? Does he put himself above the team? That's where you got to dig. I'm not going to take the media's word for Caleb Williams, but I'm going to do my own investigation on that to make sure that's true. We've had two disappointing games of the year. Dallas at San Francisco, San Francisco at Philadelphia, both one-sided. I think the game in Orchard Park Sunday is going to be a heck of a game. Your thoughts, Dallas at Buffalo. I do too, (laughs) and I think both teams will move the football on one another. I think Dallas is getting a little undervalued here. I think Dallas will rush Josh Allen well. I think they'll create some problems, Uh, and it's on turf. I think you always got to play Dallas on turf. You got to be nervous with Dallas on grass, high grass too. They're not as fast. I think this is everybody's on Buffalo that I know. Everybody's on Buffalo. But this Cowboy team, the way they play from in front, the way they convert third downs, they could keep the ball for 36 minutes and make it really hard on Buffalo. Like, I didn't see Buffalo's offense really being any better than it has been. I mean, it's just really, Josh, go make a play. Like, I know we talk about teams that, like have to win in win now mode. Buffalo certainly in that instance trying to make the playoffs right now, but have to and will isn't always the same thing. And the Cowboys are just playing really, really good football right now, especially offensively what Dak's been able to do. Well, I think McCarthy deserves a lot of credit. I think the rhythm he has as a play caller is tremendous. My best bet of the weekend, Michael, I think Denver wins outright Saturday night in Detroit. Good stuff. There you go. Thank you to Mike Palm for joining us in studio, as well as Mike Somich earlier in hour one. For Michael Lombardi, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. That's it for today's edition of the Lombardi Line, though. Keep it locked right here. Pablo Torre next on DraftKings Network and Sharp Money on VSIN. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.